1: And today our guest is Oliver Fernandez. And Oliver is a construction business owner and real estate investor that has successfully completed over $80 million worth of construction projects and has accumulated a real estate investment portfolio valued at over $150 million in the past 9 years. So Oliver, welcome to the show and thank you so much for being with us here today.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I really look forward to connected with you and giving value to your audience.
1: So Oliver, can you share a little bit more about your background and how you got started with the real estate?
2: Yeah. So growing up, my dad had always been in real estate, but he'd also had gone through a lot of boom and bust cycles. He owned a construction company. He would like dabble in the real estate on the side. But I always heard stories of I wasn't able to keep the real estate because it distracted me from my construction business. So I was a little afraid of real estate. And it wasn't until hearing the story of my uncle, who was my mom's brother, that I really got more inspired by real estate. And so, what he would do is he would always buy like apartment buildings. Whereas my dad would always like get involved in like retail centers. And my uncle would buy like these apartment buildings, and he would rent them out. And honestly, we got a like a tragic phone call about concerning him like on December of the year of two thousand and. He had passed away. And I was like only like 15 years old at the time. And when he passed away, I watched that real estate take care of his son for the last 20 years, even though he's no longer here. And then that left such an like a deep mark on me for like wanting to provide that for my family that I knew I wanted to get in real estate. I didn't always know how, but I definitely knew I wanted to be in real estate.
1: When that left a deep impact on you and you saw what the power of real estate could do for you and to provide for your family in case something had happened, what did you do to get started in real estate? And what are those steps that you took to prepare yourself?
2: Yeah. So I went to college after um, high school and I did that route. And I was honestly considering going into the military, but my mom was someone that went to Brown University and my dad, he didn't even go to college, but he had had a business and he had made millions of dollars through that business. So I had like two of these viewpoints and I was like closer to my mom. So I listened to my mom and I went off to college and I was grateful for that experience of all of a sudden now being in an environment where people wanted to succeed. Because where my high school, like we'd have like the goofballs in class and they would always like be playing games and like, when am I ever gonna use this stuff and saying those things that it kind of it left like this residue on me that like maybe I'm not gonna use this stuff. So I didn't put all of my energy and effort into it. Whereas when I went to college, I saw all these people really pushing and striving to get the best grades, trying to be the best version of themselves. So I was like, wow, this is really a great environment to be in. And then after I graduated from college, I wanted to be successful so bad. And when you leave college, like you're not successful in the sense of actually like gone into the marketplace and created something. Like you finished like a degree and you have a diploma. So I ended up getting a job at an engineering firm, which is what I studied in college. And that engineering firm ended up laying me off like two or three months later. It was like the 08 crisis. And I was like kind of devastated in the moment. It wasn't until I started just thinking about who I was as a person and what I wanted to create. Got inspired again and I started getting involved in real estate with as a being an agent. And my goal was to make a thousand dollars a week because I knew if I made a thousand dollars a week, I would be able to replace my income at the time, which was 50 grand. I started off with like rentals. I was doing these like high-end rentals in New York City, and you would get paid a month's fee for renting out one of these apartments. So between my split with my broker and the part that I kept, I want to just close one deal. deal, 50-50 split, I get my $1,000 a week. So that's what got me into real estate, just understanding like what the game was about. And while I was doing that, I'm like, man, after that year, I made all these landlords, all this money, whereas like, I still had to get up every day and still, still hustle and grind where these landlords, they got my tenant that I put in there for one year, two years, three years, four years, and five years. So I was like, wow, they're getting me to take one action and they get paid time after time, after time, after time. I'm literally sprinting from one deal to the next deal to the next deal to the next deal. So that's when I was like, I got to find how I can start owning these properties. What I did after that, I started looking around like the New York City area for how I could start investing in some of these properties. And everything was like crazy expensive in, in comparison to what I had to start with. So I also started looking down in Washington D.C. because my sister had gotten into George Washington, and I knew I have a place to, to crash while I was like trying to figure stuff out. I we ended up buying a property down here in Washington D.C. and renovating it, and that was like our first real rental that we got off the ground here in Washington D.C.
1: It's interesting when you started off as an agent and your goal was to make the $1,000 a week. Were you hitting that goal as an agent? And like, how much hustle and grind did you have to do to get that $1,000 per week?
2: Yeah, I was hitting the target, but like, I remember we had this older guy in my office, and he saw that I was a hustler and would do like whatever it took to make things happen. So one day I was in the office working late and he saw me there and he set me up with a prank call. He's like, Hey, Oliver, it's, uh, <laughs> it was like nine o'clock at night. He's like, Hey, I want to see this unit. I need to rent it tomorrow. Like, And of course I was like, what's your budget? with all that stuff? I went to my old script. I met him there. It was like nine 30, 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's you. <laughs> why aren't you a real client? Yeah. I was working literally like seven o'clock in the morning till nine o'clock at night, just hustling, scrapping and trying to make it happen. And I did hit my goal, but I just barely hit my goal. And I was like, oh my God, this took so much time, energy, and effort to hit it. I need to get on the other side of it. And that's when I started thinking bigger like, how can I start owning these properties and having people pay me instead of me having to like hustle so hard to like in a very transactional business of like being an agent?
1: So that first house, was it a single family house that you and your sister had gotten in together to purchase the house? So
2: yeah, that's a really good question. So my sister had gotten into George Washington, so which is down here in DC. And I knew that I would be able to sleep on her couch while I, I renovated th- this property. And this property was a single family property. It was actually a really tough block. Actually. Now looking back, it had like three or four abandoned buildings, like boarded up buildings. But at the same time, there was a lot of things happening in DC at the time. There was a lot of like infrastructure getting put in place, like large buildings, a lot of like retail, and it was really close to a metro. So we also were looking at comps in the area, and like we could hit our rental numbers for the, making the deal make sense. So got renovation, we had to gut the whole place. I stayed at my sister's house, I gutted the whole place, and I was literally here working with the guys doing the construction. And really cool story was one day I was in the back alley of that house and there was a, one of my neighbors that I didn't even know he was my neighbor, but he was an older guy. He's about 96 years old. and He had this like ball cap on. He was black, almost like a trench coat. And he was asking me like, Hey, what are you doing in the neighborhood? And I told him about the house I was renovating. He was kind of impressed because he had seen so much destruction happen out of that, the properties over the last 20 years. And I invited him inside. He came inside and he was like really impressed by like how everything looked and how the renovations were going. And he literally looked at me and he said, you did this? And I was like, yeah, like we renovated the kitchen. We put the living room here. And then like the upstairs is the two bedrooms, two bath. He was just so impressed. I ended up building a relationship with him over the next six months. And I find out that he owns two properties down the street. And then those two properties down the street, he ended up owner financing to me. Wow. For twenty thousand dollars. And it was about a million dollars worth of real estate.
1: Wow. That is what people say that it's all about the relationship business. And you never know what will come through of these relationships if you're just genuine and just sharing what you're doing. That's incredible. That came out of, like, out of nowhere.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, it really did. And I was like 24, 25 years old. So like I told you before, I wanted to be like successful. I wanted to be able to provide for my family. I didn't want to always have to struggle and, and scrap and cloth. It was like, oh my God, like finally, like this opportunity was here that I now had to take action on. And it wasn't easy. Like I remember staying up at night, like running the numbers and looking back, I didn't even know what numbers to run, but I was looking at the numbers that I had in my head of like how much it would cost me to renovate it and then what I would get in rents. And it was a little nerve wracking, really, really nerve wracking.
1: So then how did you know when it was a good deal? Like when you're looking at the numbers and what were some of the different things that you were taking a look at? And how did you kind of get started? And what kind of resources helped you to get a better understanding of what you're doing within real estate?
2: So I read this book that I had gotten after I graduated college. And when I listen to podcasts, I always hear the really successful real estate investors always talk about this book. And that book is The Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. And I knew that I needed to get assets and I needed to get things paying me versus me paying for things. That's what I knew, right? And like I had that framework. And I then started consuming all of these like real estate books. I think I have a bunch of them behind me. Like yep. Start small, <laughs> start small problem, big in real estate. I was reading all these books and I was like, all of them were saying the same exact thing. And it was just like at that point, I was like, I just need to take action on the thing instead of just continuing to consume the information because I had a, a breadth of knowledge because all the books. We're saying the same thing, and I was recognizing the pattern. So I was reading those books, I was analyzing it based off of the d- data and the information I had off those books. And I just took action on it and it worked out. You know, now those two properties that I ended up buying from one is a three-unit, another one is a duplex. And actually, while I was in those two properties working, the neighbor ended up selling me his property, so we ended up making another duplex. So, we have a total of like seven units in that little cluster. And in DC, those units are, you know, the average sale price is like $500,000. So, small number of units, but it was like a larger dollar figure for me at the time. And it really helped me launch into multifamily real estate, honestly.
1: And were you self managing all the seven units at that time by yourself?
2: Yeah, me and my wife were managing those seven units. And honestly, we were almost creating a life that we hated like we knew we needed to buy assets the rich dad poor dad book told us that but i was like oh my god this is a lot of work like people were reaching out for like the little small things it was so time consuming i could see it bogging her down i could see it, it was bogging me down and i was like i'm missing something here i didn't know what it was but i knew i was missing something
0: we love hosting this show when we started this podcast we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. So
1: with that feeling that you were missing something, what did you do next? What were some of the next actions you took to figure out or are you still in the same situation where you're trying to figure out whether or not you wanted to stay and continue to self-manage it? Or what did you do to pivot after that?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. So I got really curious and I started looking at different things and I was looking to do... I knew I wanted to get bigger because I knew like once we got bigger, we could have more scale and we could hire more people to potentially take that stuff off my plate. And as I was getting curious and looking and searching, I came across a podcast that inspired me to then go to the event. Which then inspired me to do more multifamily real estate. And what I mean by that, what inspired me specifically was the scalability of it all. Was that another thing that inspired me was that the cash flow from day one. Whereas these development deals that I was doing, I was having to carry that 800 pound gorilla on my back, paying the mortgage, paying the construction bills, paying all the interest that was due, paying all the utilities until I got it ready to rent. Whereas multifamily, we could go in day one and start receiving cash flow that was going to help pay the bills, pay the taxes, pay all those things. And like hearing that was like, Oh my God, I need to start building. I need to pivot and start building my life with assets that I don't have to technically be there because these also have like property management that is already built into the financial formula. The duplexes created a pain inside me that was like, This is a lot of work. This is a lot of aggravation dealing with the tenants. That then inspired me to take, get get curious on like looking, searching for something else. I then found multifamily and then multifamily piqued my interest because it had cash flow, it had property management, and it had the ability to scale. Just also have my time.
1: So, once you discovered that, what were some of the actions that you took after that to get yourself into multifamily? And then what did you do with those seven units that you still had under your belt?
2: Yeah, so that's a really good question. I was like really excited about multifamily, but my wife was kind of like, we got these units, like, we put so much energy and effort to get them that it was like hard to see them go. So, I was like, all right, here's a compromise we'll keep the units, we'll refinance them. And we'll take the cash that we get from those units to then invest in multifamily. While the tenants in the seven units here in DC are going to continue to pay down the rent or pay down the mortgage and pay rent. So the next step after refinancing those units was I started going to a lot of events and getting really comfortable with the asset class as a whole. I was going to events like syndicator events. I was going to meetups. I was going to even these IMN events. I was going to any event that I could find about multifamily real estate because I wanted to make sure that this thing was real. And then I started hearing, you know, these like really powerful figures start also confirming that multifamily real estate is a great investment. They were confirming the reason why they liked it. And I was just consuming and consuming, consuming. And then it was again, I started to see the pattern, like I needed to take action. So then we made our first passive investment. In multifamily real estate, just to see how it all came together from the syndication paperwork to getting receiving the checks in my account, me not having to put any energy into receiving those checks in my account, which honestly helped shape my framework of like how to really design my life.
1: How did that conversation with your wife change? Because the seven units, both of you, as you were like looking at it and self managing it, you're like there has to be a better way for it. You're kind of creating a job for yourself and your wife that you weren't 100 percent enjoying it, and it was just taking a lot of your time and energy. And so, how did that conversation shift? And was she like on board immediately when you shared with multifamily side of things and how there was a different way to do real estate? Like, how did that conversation kind of look like for you guys?
2: So in the beginning, when I was talking about selling them, she got really like defensive and there was a lot of resistance there. When I started talking about refinancing to take the cash out, she was more easy to work with in terms of like, hey, I'm interested in doing something else. I had already built the belief in my wife that real estate was a really good investment because we had already done really well with those first properties. So like, she believed in, in me and she believed in real estate. She had the thought process already that real estate is a good thing. So the conversation really was difficult in the beginning because I was talking about selling them. But once I shifted from selling it to refinancing it and then making the next investment, she trusted the decisions we were making and the underwriting that I was doing to understand the numbers to start taking action on it.
1: Yeah. So then because you already had already laid the foundation and both of you are were already pretty much on the same page in terms of real estate being a good vehicle for you guys in your particular situation. So the conversation seemed like it went a lot more smoother. After you had invested in the first syndication deal, what did you do after that? And were you continuing to invest in syndications? And are you still looking to do that moving forward going in the future?
2: Yeah, really good question. So after the first passive investment to that syndication, I knew I wanted to be more on the operator role because I was already doing it with the smaller units. I just wanted to this desire to be on that side to really understand the operations behind things, to really get a know-how on how to like really grow and scale like a real estate portfolio. So what I did is I continued to go to those real estate events and I continued to network with other people. I found some really good partners that had already done one or two deals and they really Didn't need to partner with me, but I had like a skill set of construction that complemented what they were already doing. They had three properties under contract at the time. One of them was in Atlanta; it was 152 units. The other one was in San Antonio; it was 282 units, and the other one was actually there was two of them in Atlanta. So there was another one in Atlanta, and those properties. Where needed some construction on them. And I was able to really add value to the one in Atlanta because that one actually had down units. And down unit is a unit that isn't on the rent roll. It has like maybe water issues, plumbing issues that are bigger than just a normal repair and maintenance unit. So those down units had water coming in them. And I had literally just maybe a year earlier dealt with water issues at one of my seven units. Like literally, the tenant moves in and water's in the next day. So I was like devastated. But in solving that problem on that one unit, gave me the data and the information to be able to solve it on that 152 unit and actually like create massive returns for our investors.
1: Fantastic! So you partnered up with some people, and then you were able to be part of the general partnership team, adding value. How did you have that conversation with your teammates? I guess, how did you determine that your value was going to be needed on their specific team?
2: Again, really good question. Honestly, I didn't even know that my value was going to be needed on that team. I just knew that they had come recommended from another syndicator that like, Hey, these guys are young and they're doing some big things. And they may be interested in doing some big things with you. So I reached out to them. I just connected with them, listened to what they had going on and what their needs were. And then I told them what my experience and like what I could bring to the table. It worked out to just be a good fit. Definitely wasn't like this long vetting process. It was a conversation, meet in person. It just worked out to be a good fit. And four years later, we're still partners and we're still adding value to each other and doing whatever it takes to make sure our projects are successful.
1: So, what are you the most excited about coming up in the near future here?
2: What I'm most excited about is we have a three package deal that we're getting ready to close on in the next 30 days. It's a unit, units in Atlanta, units in Daytona Beach, Florida, and then units in Austin, Texas. And it's our biggest deal today. It's $98 million worth of real estate, just right under $100 million. And it's just like crazy that we could start where we were started, where we were raising money for a $15 million deal. And now we're doing like a $100 million deal. It's just exciting to be in that position, be around people that are pushing me every day to become the best version of myself. That's what I'm excited about.
1: What do you think was the biggest contributor for your growth within real estate? My biggest
2: contributor for growth in real estate was first having the curiosity to want to understand real estate. Number two was once I got curious enough about it, starting to take action on it. And then number three was putting really good people around me so that I could continue to elevate and go bigger faster. Yeah, that like putting the great people around me was probably one of the biggest things of all three of them because were my ideas. But once I started having other people that were also had really big ideas, influence my ideas, my ideas got bigger and our ideas together got bigger.
1: So, how has real estate impacted your life so far? So,
2: real estate has provided almost everything that we have. It's allowed me to build a team of high performance players that are like in construction and real estate. It's allowed me to be there for my wife and two kids, my daughter's two, my son is two months. And it's always been there, it's always been this stable thing, even when I was going through trouble with my construction business in the beginning. Those rent checks were always there, and I remember just using those rent checks to help pay payroll sometimes. Like it was crazy, but it's always been like this stable force in my life. Whereas construction can be very unstable at times, it's every job is different, every project has its own challenges. Whereas real estate has been that stable factor in my life, alongside my wife. That has just always just been there, and has always produced for me.
1: And then, if there was one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started, what would that be?
2: Yeah, if I knew then what I know now, what I want to know, you got to take action. You got to take action, and when you're taking action, you got to keep your eyes open. And that's one thing that I've always done. Like when I was the rental agent, right? I didn't just I took action to get into real estate, but I didn't just have my blinders on and just take random action, I kept looking around and said, who's making the money here? I saw that the landlords are making the money. So I then took action to move toward being a landlord. Then when I was a landlord in that position, taking action, I'm like, who's making the money here? Oh, it's the people that own these commercial properties. They're valued differently. There's all these little things that add more value to the commercial properties than the single family or the duplexes that I was getting involved in. So like, it's taking action but also keeping your eyes open to where is the money really being made once you take an action
1: no fantastic keep your eyes on the prize yeah <laughs> well oliver i so appreciate you coming on and sharing your story with us it's incredible how you've been able to pivot and take a look at things. And like we said, keep your eyes open and keep your eyes open and be open to the opportunities that are around you. And like you said, also in the beginning, when you had that conversation with that old gentleman who ended up seller financing to you (laughs) randomly, you know, after that one conversation and showing him, you never know who you're going to meet in this business. And it's all built on relationships. And so I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all of that with us.
2: Yeah, I really appreciate you hearing my story and... And honestly, uh, helping me remember those stories because they make me feel so good inside. They really do because there's so much scaredness in them. There was so much, I don't know what I'm doing in them. But now looking back, it's like, oh my God, I'm so glad I took action (laughs) on that
0: stuff.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. It's A lot of times it's getting over that fear and just taking those first steps. That's like difficult. But I mean, you were able to take those steps and it's always important to be grateful for where you are. And also don't forget like the journey that you had along the way and really appreciate like how much you've accomplished in this amount of time period and how much more you will accomplish as you continue to take those actions.
2: Totally agree. Totally. So
1: Oliver, for our listeners out there who also want to learn more about you, your journey, follow you, where is the best place that they can go?
2: Hey, you can reach out to me at www.investwitholiver.com you can reach out to me there. You can also follow me on Instagram. And that would be great if those two options.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Oliver. We'll also include those in the show notes. So our listeners can also find it in the show notes here. It'll be easy for them to check it out. So thank you so much again, Oliver. I really appreciate it.
2: Really appreciate you.
0: And thank you for listening to our podcast today. Brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review.